We know Taco Bell's food is great. They've even got a whole new cantina menu with fresh new ingredients. Taco Bell is not just for late night anymore with fresh new ingredients like slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Taco Bell is a great destination for your midday fuel. They have amazing menu items like cantina chicken tacos, burritos, and quesadilla. I truly do love Taco Bell. I love a Crunchwrap Supreme. It is one of my favorite things to eat. Ooh, don't wait till it's late. Try the new cantina chicken menu now. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now, like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Hi, hi, hello. Okay, do you have a burning question about dating, sex, or love that you'd like me and my guests to answer on the podcast? Okay, because you can send it to Why Won't You Date Me podcast at gmail.com for a chance to have it read on an upcoming special episode of the show. I hope to hear from you. you date me a podcast where me nicole buyer used to try to figure out why i was still single but listen it's been a long time there's no clues there's no answers there's nothing so i'm just exploring love and relationships with people my guest today is a multi-award winning drag queen who competed on rupaul's drag race season 14 she's walked to new york fashion week can you even and now you can see her on the work of the world tour it's what are my multiple awards? I don't, I don't even know my intro. Please tell me. Please. Listen, you've won the MTV Movie and TV Award for Best Fight, which was shared with Lady Camden. Okay, I did win that. And the Critics' Choice Real TV Award for Best Ensemble Cast in an Unscripted Series. Oh. Okay, great. Perfect. Thank you. I love it. This is where you come to find out, have you won awards? Absolutely. This is where I've come to like update my resume. Perfect. The LinkedIn is fucking going off. I don't understand LinkedIn. I don't either because I haven't had like a real person job in a very long time. But I hear that's where you apply for jobs. Maybe. So is there, you don't even know. If I ask you a question, you're not going to know the answer. I wonder... I wonder if it's like a message board where they're like, we need workers for this. I don't know. Whatever. I'm glad I don't have to do a desk job. It's nice that I'm in entertainment. Bosco. Yes. I have a question. Please tell me your question. Okay. Are you single? Are you dating? I am dating. I have a very, very lovely boyfriend for the past three going on four years. He rocks. That's so nice. I love that you said immediately, he rocks. Where'd you meet him? He um used to come to my shows here in Seattle, and he'd be sitting in the audience. And then one night he got really drunk and asked me to go to lunch the next day. And I was covered in fake blood at the time. And <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't look like this during the day. And he's like, I understand. I'm like, okay, as long as that's clear. And we just kind of went from there. I love that the blood wasn't like a fetish thing. Like, imagine you were like, I don't look like this during the day. And he was like, oh, yuck. I only want someone covered in blood. Well, I also had like full drag makeup on, like heavy metal harlot. And I never said that the blood wasn't a fetish. I just said that it wasn't a deal breaker at that moment. I love, I love, I love. So that was like three going on four years ago. What was the thing that made you be like, 
this is the person I want to be with for a little bit. Well, we started dating right before 2020, and then 2020 happened, and I lost my job, all my friends, and my mom, and we were stuck together for about a year and a half. So at that point, he just, like, knew too much about me to ever, like, freely wander the earth without (laughs) me. So we just kind of locked it down. So wait, how, how quickly did it go from, like, casual to serious? Well, it, it... it went pretty serious pretty quickly because we were keeping it casual and fun and cute and light for like the first four or five months. And then it everything shut down and we were the like only people that we could see. And I was in a particularly bad mood because I had just lost all of my work and um, couldn't go anywhere. Seattle was like one of the really, really like heavily hit first places. So like everything was game over. So we just spent all of our time together for like a year and a half, essentially. And now we moved in. It's great. You live together? We do live together. I have a very spacious yet affordable townhome with this van. <laughs> and um, it makes me feel like I am very, very successful. <laughs> Damn. I love a townhouse. A townhouse is opulence and glamour. But also like a little bit of humility. Like <laughs> it's not a real home. You still share a wall, but listen. But Sometimes listen. the diva's got to share a wall. It's fine. Exactly. And honestly, like, listen, you can hear them now. <laughs> <laughs> the walls are thin. Who decided to move in with who? Who asked? I kind of bullied him into moving in because his lease was up last summer. Uh-huh. And this was before we had moved into my glorious um, and spacious townhome. The, um, <laughs> it was my, like, one-bedroom apartment that I'd had for years. And it is... Very small, but it was mine. And I had to like leave for tour for like half the year, essentially last year. So his lease was up. So I made him move in so he could live there for free and take care of my plants. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Honestly, that's like a pretty nice hook. It's like you get to live for free, but you got to water my plants. I'd be like, okay, sounds sounds good and easy. Honestly, and like I had like seven plants. It's not like. It was a jungle and arboretum in here. Like it's, it was a pretty good deal. This I love. Do you remember the first time you were like, oh, I fucking love this person. I really was smitten with him pretty quickly. I don't know if there was like an event, like a, a like a jumping off point where I'm like, oh, now the love has begun right here at this particular moment. But it was like a very cumulative thing of just like he was continuously there and providing support and doing like the right thing at every every chance. And after a while, that just like kind of builds into something really, really strong. And it didn't help that like I didn't hurt that I like was already like very much crushing on him, very much into him before all of that as well. When I think of love, I always think of like the movies where... You're walking, kind of like in Clueless, where Cher is walking and she's near that fountain. She's like, I love Josh. I'm hopefully whatever in love with Josh. That's how I think love happens. And I feel like that's a very maybe childish way to think of love. Maybe that's all love. It's just like, oh, this is a thing that became comfortable and I'm happy. I think there's like um, a degree of truth to both. Like, I think there should be like some sort of like action that brings you together that's memorable. Mm -hmm. But then I think like, Love really is built through routine and commitment and just like boring shit like that, which isn't really fun or sexy, but we can also be very fun or sexy. What is the most romantic thing that either of you have ever done for each other? Oh, this timing wise, this worked out really, really well on his part. He planned this really, really lovely full day date where like, we went to the lake and then we went to dinner and we went to um, there's this tulip field thing that happens in Washington once a year where there's just like fields and fields and fields of tulips. And he took me there. We walked through them. We got beautiful pictures and it was really, really fun. And then at the end of the day, I got a call from Drag Race saying that I was casted for season 14. Aww. So I'm just like, you motherfucker. <laughs> he was just like so fully timed in a way that I'm like, that day is just burned into my memory forever. 
That's so sweet. What a lovely, just like cherry on the end of a nice day. Absolutely. Like, it's just like we've had fabulous dates and like so many great memories together. But that one, just because of how every how the cards lined up, is just cemented in there. God, I just I love it. I'm looking for something romantic. And Okay, here's a question. When did you guys start hanging out during the day? Oh, that's a really important one, especially as drag queens and as trans people. <laughs> like that's kind of like the the very like um, separation of church and state, separation of day and night for like nightlife people. I want to say like date four or five. Because like, okay, he was mainly like coming to my gigs or like hanging out with me after the gigs. But like I work night. And then I think the first day date we went to the movies. I hadn't really thought about that, what our first day date was. I think that's it. That's how you separate the chasers from the men, as it were. I think so. I never know when to ask somebody if it's okay to hang out during the day. Because, you know, you like go on a date. It's at night and then you hang out and then like you fuck or whatever. You sleep over and it's like, I got to get home. Um, But I never know when it's appropriate to be like, hey. When the sun is still up, do you want to hang out with me? Do you have like a good like um, lead into it? Do you have um, a line that you use to like do that? Or you're still trying to figure that out? I'm still trying to figure that out. Well, I wish I could help you, but I'm just extraordinarily gifted and lucky with (laughs) love. Uh, Seems like everybody in the world is. Do you consider yourself a late bloomer or an early bloomer? Like, have you been dating for, like, forever? Like, were you the person in middle school who, like, had, a like, a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend? I would definitely be considered a late bloomer. I'm from, like, a small town in Montana. There wasn't a whole, like, amount, a large amount of, like, queer people to pick from. And I usually enjoy people with teeth and no meth addictions. Ooh. So Montana itself was kind of like kind of like iffy. Not not a smorg not a smorgasbord. Definitely some great options. Most of them were either taken or thirty, and I was sixteen, which probably was not a great option in itself. Yeah, so I didn't really date much at all until like my early twenties, and then I had like one kind of on and off again boyfriend who was cool, but kind of just, like, refused to go very far with anything. And then I moved out to Seattle in, like, 2016 and just kind of fucked around and didn't date until Blake. So I really only had, like, two major relationships, Blake being, like, kind of the second one, but, like, a lot of situationships along the way. That's what I keep getting into. A lot of situationships where the situation works for the other person and not for me. None of my situationships ever worked out well. And like, I was always the one that was like fighting for more for them. And I didn't like when I met Blake, I was kind of like in an ultimate like two year drought of like relationships or situationships. We had just been like complete cold turkey for a few years at that point. And I was mainly just focusing on getting like, my work going and figuring out like my art and whatnot so it all kind of just like fell into my lap that's what i want i didn't do any work for it that's what i want i want to do no work i think that's what you deserve i think that's what everybody deserves i think it should just fall into your lap no work thank you i think i deserve it it's all i fucking want i just want a relationship to fall in my lap if we're so into nothing Let's see. You've been together for three to four years. And how does like traveling affect your relationship? Because you tour a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So traveling's really fucking hard. Like it puts like a really, really heavy strain on things. And each travel's kind of different. Like up until this point this year, I've mainly just been doing like club gigs where like I'll be gone for three to four days at a time, come back for like a week. But when it comes to like these bigger tours and like the the work the world tour that we're going to pop on to, I'm like gone for like months at a time. So we're really trying to figure out how to make this work this year because last year was a stretch for sure. Um, Our current plan is for him to just like pick dates that he wants to go to and I'll fly him out and he can like spend a few days with me. And 
see if we can like make that work. But yeah, this year is going to be a little bit of like trial and error experimentation. Um, if the next time we talk, we're not in a relationship anymore, it's probably because of the travel. <laughs> the travel's a bitch. It's crazy. And especially like he's like, he has like a really, really great people person job. Like he works in like medicine and I tap dance on bar tables for a living. <laughs> so like while I'm traveling and like, oh my God, I just got to like have like an entire like night's bender with um Vanji. And you'll be like, oh, that's great, babe. I just worked another like 10 hour shift. It's very funny. It's like I'm saving lives and I'm dancing with Vanji on bar tops. Like it's exactly. <laughs> it's all about the balance. He's like in oncology scans and I wear wigs. I think it's, we we both offer a lot to the world. Honestly, you said it jokingly, but I do think you do. I'll take that. I take that. Since doing Drag Race, people tried to like slide into your DMs and be like, Bosco, listen, let me take you on. Yes. Yes, for sure. But I do think I sit in a very um particular camp when it comes to like the drag race, the race chasers, because they um are usually gay men and I am not a man. So I don't get like quite as many DMs as say somebody like Lady Camden would, but I get very, very particular ones. Honestly, my favorite thing is I have recently infiltrated straight Tinder for compliments while I'm on the road. <laughs> God, that's, I absolutely fucking love that. Go to where nobody knows you and just get compliments to feel better. It's like, yes, strangers from different countries while I'm on, not countries, different states while I'm on tour. Please just tell me I'm pretty and then I'll leave and never see you again. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like in a, just like a little rush and just like, God, I'm having a hard day. Let's see what the chasers have to say today. And it's it's fantastic. This is fucking beautiful. I mean, sometimes I'll open up Tinder and be like, has anyone said anything nice? I did have a man who opened up with, hey, sausage. And I said, what? <laughs> and then he said, you're beautiful. And I just deleted him because I was like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. And like, it just, I can't think of a singular way to like construe that as like glamorous or like helpful or no. nice. And like, I don't want to put any work to try to do that. No work. I think no. the theme of this podcast is we're not doing work. We're not doing any more goddamn work. I simply do not want to do any work. It would be a real treat if somebody just like knocked on my door and I opened the door and they were like, you, you're for me. And I go, oh, what a dream. Yes, I am for you. And then we actually get along. That's what I fucking want. Yeah, I think that'd be neat. That second part's really important as yes. well. That's almost more important than the first part. A lot of times, I mean, I think getting along and actually liking the person is, I think we don't talk enough about that because it is important. You have to be able to like do nothing with that person and just like deal with them every day. Yeah. And like sometimes and oftentimes people suck, like really cool people. Yeah. Suck. Uh huh. And like you have to really like and get along with somebody in order for you to be okay with their own version of sucking. Mm hmm. Which is very interesting. Yeah, like a lot of things that are like, so some things are deal breakers and then some things you're like, okay, well, that's just a thing you do that I guess I'll just fucking have to deal with. Absolutely. And you have to like create like kind of like a little like pro and cons list of just like, okay, that can kind of offset that. This is the absolute like red flag. Like, nope, 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 nope. But him leaving his clothes out next to the hamper rather than putting them in the hamper, which would have taken <laughs> half a second worth of effort, is not a good reason to, like, leave somebody. But it is irritating. Yes, very irritating. Living with somebody seems wild in a way where I just don't know if that's in the cards for me. I like my space and... Yeah, the thought of someone throwing their clothes next to the hamper when they could just put it in the hamper is like, so who's going to do it? Me? Who's going to It's a game of chicken at that point. And then once you do it once for them, then you're just doing it every single time. Then it just happens. And they don't even notice anymore. It's crazy. Um, I will have to say, Blake is the first boyfriend that I've ever moved in with. It's great. 
but I was very much in the same camp that you are, where I'm like, I had so many fucking roommates for so fucking many years that when I got my own one room bedroom, I'm like, you are going to have to airlift my dead body out of here. <laughs> like, you will have to literally firebomb my apartment to make me live with somebody else right now. And then that changed. But living by yourself is one of the greatest luxuries I have ever afforded myself. And I think everybody should live by themselves at least once, hopefully once in their life, if not many times. I agree. I currently live by myself and my dog, Clyde. Clyde? He's such a cutie. I love him so much. But sometimes I'll catch myself having like a full conversation with him. And that's when I'm like, oh, you should text a friend and leave this home. You you got you to gotta get out there. You got to talk to people and have a nice time. Live a life. It is really easy to get like sucked into like your own like your own little world. And then it becomes that one episode of SpongeBob where he's friends with like the tissue and the penny and uh, the potato chip. <laughs> like it gets there pretty quickly, uh -huh. really quickly, honestly, especially if you can like work from home at all. I feel so scared for my friends who like live by themselves who work from home. I'm like, I, I we just do like a wellness check once a week just to make sure that they're still there. Just to be like, are you all right? Are you going to leave the house? Oh, wait, this coffee mug is very fun. I'll describe it. It's a cow mug. And instead of, oh, instead of just a flat base, there's little udders at the bottom. Yeah, I think it's festive. Um, I have a thing for novelty um, dishware. Um, oh. I like things that are shaped um, stupidly. I bought me and my boyfriend a matching cat mug. And when you put the mugs together, it looks like the cats are kissing. And it's one of my favorite things in the world. That's cute. When you gave it to your boyfriend, was he as excited as you were? Not in the least. That's my favorite thing. Not I, at all. I've talked about it before on this podcast, but I once made a person I was dating watch Sonic 1 before we went and saw Sonic 2. And it took three full days. Or maybe four full days, and they were not excited to watch it, but they were very excited to watch how excited I was <laughs> to see Sonic Two in theaters. And that's a, that's the important <laughs> part. And then my cat, my cat mug is like this, like pussy little like pink cat mug with like a white cat on it, and then it's like blue with like a little like cute like cute little like black cat on it, and then they smooch. Very his and hers. I it's one of my favorite things. I fucking love that. Real quick, Bosco. Yeah. We gotta take a break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DateMe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DateMe. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world world. 
Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back, Bosco. Okay, tell me this. I know you started training dance training dance dance training at around seven how do you know that because Lindsay, my wonderful assistant does research and i know that you started with tap dancing oh my god <laughs> what is she just like taking newspaper clippings from my hometown <laughs> like what? i actually sent her to your hometown and she interviewed everyone you ever spoke to growing up wow and then killed your family that's crazy <laughs> But what inspired you to start dancing? Sometimes you just have so much sugar in the tank that you need to get it out through your feet. Okay. Um, and I think that's how tap dancing was um, invented, if I had to, like, guess. Um, I, yeah, I hated sports and wasn't very good at them. Mm-hmm. And my grandpa um, was dating at the time and is now married to um, the owner of a dance studio. And so they threw my ass in there, hoping that it would, like, Fred Asterify me or, like, Gene <laughs> Kellyify me. And then, like, we just kind of ended up as, like, a slutty Ginger Rogers, which I think is more interesting. But, yeah, I started it kind of family situation and then ended up really, really liking it. I love that they were like, okay, so sports are not for you. Let's find you something. Like, that's sweet. I love that. That's so supportive. Yeah, my family's cool. They're all band nerds. So, okay. like, none of them were good at sports. So, like, they were, like, they would they would honestly, like, be more, like, mortified if one of their, like, kids were, like, um, um an athlete. More so than anything, they're, like, well, I wouldn't know how to, like, relate with you on that. Like, I wouldn't know how to talk sports. So, like, let's get them into the arts. So, we all, like, play instruments and whatnot. But dancing was my thing. And they were very supportive of me dancing. Wait, Bosco, when did you start doing drag? Um, I started doing drag at 25. Okay. Um, so like five years ago. And what was the uh, Oedipus? No, impotent? What started it? <laughs> the impotent Oedipus of it all? <laughs> the guy who wants to fuck his mom but can't because he just can't get it. <laughs> Sometimes I try to do a new big word and... Uh, Sometimes it doesn't go well. And that was one of the times it did not go well. No, I liked it. I feel like that should be like the name of a novel. Like that is a study. <laughs> that is a... Oedipus. <laughs> um, well, I had been um, catfishing men on Craigslist for a while. Okay. And um, also was a backup dancer for um, drag queens as like, uh, I would like be the backup dancer for Britney Spears. So, like, I took my um, love for cross-dressing on the internet at home and combined it with um, dancing and um, stole all the tricks of these drag queens and kind of set off on my own. What do you mean you were catfishing men on the internet on Craigslist? Well, I mainly, once again, was doing this for attention. Um, You'll find that I do a lot of things for attention. Uh And that's kind of um, my main love language is giving me attention. Um. So as a baby trans person, um, sometimes when you want to feel euphoric, you dress up in a wig and makeup and post nude, nude, not nude, but lewd pictures of yourself online. And like, I don't think I was like fooling anyone into thinking I was a cis woman, especially because I was not labeling myself to be a cis woman. But I guess I was catfishing them to think that I was a trans woman, but then I was a trans woman. I'm not really sure. But I was dressing up in a way that I wouldn't during the day for attention from men at night. Okay. I think I get it. It's a long journey to get to um, where where I'm at. open in who you are and living authentically? 
Yeah, I think that's the moral of the story that we want to go with for this. I think that's the nice soundbite. <laughs> well, it's hard. It's hard to like do something that isn't. Let's see. I mean, it, transness isn't presented to me necessarily like every day. So it's like if I was feeling trans inside, like I would be like, huh, well, this is a strange feeling. Who do I talk to about it? It's not like the person down. Well, uh, you know, the person down the street could be trans, but like usually I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Growing up, I knew like mm, two or three gay people. I didn't know a single trans person until I was like 23. Really? Like like a trans person that was regularly in my life. Yeah, I had done a lot of battling and work to like be accepting of like myself being gay. Um, we're using quotation marks for those of us at home that can't see what my fingers are doing. Yes, air quote. And yeah, so like I had just done all of that work. I had updated the the pronouns, the email header. I'm like, you won't have to change that all again. I'm not ready for all that. <laughs> so I um was like doing a dry run, if you will. Like we're doing like a soft open <laughs> uh-huh. of like transness. And that involved like experimenting and like seeing how certain things make you feel and seeing like what makes you feel good and accepted. And then there's also sometimes like navigating like, oh, maybe this is just a kink. And then maybe sometimes it's like just like your how you want to present. Like maybe like your kink is being accepted for who you are. Who would have thought that nasty little kink might be a little bit of all of us? I know. It's crazy. Acceptance. It's the it's the real um, social contagion. You said you love attention and you had a face reveal party in West Hollywood. Was that like? <laughs> I feel like that's like a very redundant sentence. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I just kind of loved it. I was like, I'm going to go to this. This is fun. I love that you had a whole face reveal party. But I will say I, I was in the back and I didn't see anything. I saw online later. <laughs> I wish I had known you were coming. You would have been able to go wherever you want. I wish well, you knew some Drag Race girls, or I wish you would have been able to, like, contact somebody involved with the production. I decided too late to, like, I was like, I'm going to go. And I think Cornbread was on the show, so I texted Cornbread, but then I was like, she's probably getting ready. What am I doing? And then I was like, you know what? We got here late. I'm fine in the back. I'm just going to black out. And that's what I did. It was a lovely time. I am so happy that um, the your favorite part of the show were the drinks. Because that was kind of <laughs> my kind of thing, too. You know, the party was really, really fun. I was so, like, excited that people were into it. Because I, I don't know. Like, it just, like, sounded like such a stupid, like, John Waters-esque concept for a party. Just, like... Let's have a party celebrating me getting my face ripped off and put back on <laughs> remix. And then also it was on President's Day. So like I made like all of like the advertisement like patriotic. So I'm just glad people were into it. I, it was so fucking packed. It was truly wild. Like that must have felt so not like affirming or anything. But like, did that feel like just, I don't know, like an overwhelming support? Did it feel good? That's what I'm trying to ask. Yes. Did it feel good? My God. It felt really good. Um, yeah, it honestly, it did feel for affirming in a way. Um, it felt less affirming of, well, it felt affirming in two different ways. Like, obviously, people were very excited and supportive of my transition. But then they were also, like, excited and supportive of me after Drag Race. Like, a lot of, like, Drag Race girls, we kind of have a moment after our season is wrapped where we're like, are people still going to care about us once the new season comes out? Like, does anyone give a shit? There's like 70 million of us across the world at this point. Are they still going to care about me? And then to have this party that like was crazy oversold and then like have like videos from it, like go like all over the internet. I'm just like, okay, people um, are a fan of me and are happy for me transitioning. And that like one, two punch, like, kept me going through the rest of the year of just like I'm good I feel good I feel great I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing I love that I love that so much how did you come up with the name Bosco I had a childhood dog named Bosco and he is dead so he's not oh. using that name anymore okay. so I um have put it to use um, <laughs> I wanted a name that 
<laughs> he's dead, so he's not using it. So I said, oh, what about me? Yeah. And I think it's okay for women to want things for themselves. I think so, you too. Know what I mean? Can we get behind that? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I want the world. And you deserve the world. And you know what you also deserve? What? Not work. You don't need uh, to work for it. They just uh, need to give it to you. Thank you. Just gimme, 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 gimme. Take, 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 take. Um, I wanted a name that was something specific to like me and my history that like people wouldn't know that wouldn't matter to anybody else. But then also like didn't mean anything to anybody else. Like I wanted a name where you like heard that and it was kind of like a blank canvas where it can like kind of sound like a brand or something. But then I found out that Bosco means a lot of things to a lot of different people. Oh, does it? So it does. And I found this all out after the fact. There is a chocolate sauce called Bosco, oh. which is what Alaska is consistently referencing when she says my name in a particular way. RuPaul also referenced it because RuPaul gave me um, what I am proud to say is probably the worst tagline of any drag race contender in the history of the show. I don't know if you remember it. I don't remember it. Her intro for me, every time I'd come on the runway, starting from like episode four or five on, is... There's something not clean in the milk. It's Bosco. <laughs> that is not the craziest, but I, she said it the first time, and I just like screamed, What? As I walked out on stage for like one of my runways. That is, it is so insane. wild. There's something not clean in the milk. It's Bosco. That is. <laughs> the conception to execution to the phrasing uh, there is nothing about that that makes me feel comfortable no not a single piece of that um but she's talking about the chocolate sauce that is truly wild i love it so much that's so i don't <laughs> now that you've said it i do remember it but i did not understand it at the time i was like okay the milk is dirty okay cool yeah so there's that there's also um in certain parts of the Midwest, there is a fried cheese stick called a Bosco stick. Okay. And then there's also, um, in Ireland, a child's puppet that's, like, famous for being, like, it's like a, a Kermit the Frog type of situation named Bosco. And it's, like, a little clown with red hair. Oh, how funny. Where did you figure out your drag aesthetic? Or how did you figure it out? It took me a minute. Um, I with drag, it's kind of like a, a weird class on like self-marketing and like figuring out like what you're giving, which I feel like a lot of entertainers like you have to just kind of like show up and entertain for a while before you get a sense of like what the audience is like reading from you. When I first started doing drag, I was doing like really heavy like gender fuckery, performance pieces, spoken word monologues, Martha Graham fucking collegiate bullshit um because i'm from seattle yeah and I, that's just like a rite of passage here you kind of have to like roll around in the fake blood and do a monologue if you want to get anywhere in this town <laughs> but what people were getting from me um that i didn't realize was like a kind of like a sex appeal or like there's like some sort of like pinup situation or there was a performance quality that i didn't really think i had that people were picking up on so then I started diving into it and like going with kind of like a very like sultry, demonic, villainous type of vibe. And people started really resonating with that. And then I saw an anime where a character had my eyebrows. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm stealing those. I'm stealing those because I want to be able to change my makeup up as much as I want. But if I have a singular like focal piece, they'll always know it's me, which came in huge handy after I had my face remixed, because otherwise nobody knows who the fuck I am right now. <laughs> after I had my face remixed, were the anime villains Baki Hanma and Mako oh. from Avatar Korra? You really had your sleuths on this. Did you just have a private eye following <laughs> me around for the past two years to prepare for this podcast? I'm telling you, Lindsay's very good. She'll figure it out. Lindsay has people. Lindsay has eyes everywhere. She really does. But yeah, those are some of them. There's also like characters from like Castlevania. It's kind of like um, a, there's like a kind of a weird cartoon trope where like 
devils and vampires and like general evil people have this kind of eyebrow shade. I'm like, well, that's just like a smart thing to steal then. Huh? And then I did. <laughs> I love it. Real quick, we got to take another break. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. And oh, we're back. What, your season of Drag Race was... It was two after the pandemic. When did it air? It aired. There's so many seasons. It's hard to keep track of everything. I can barely keep track of who was on mine. So that's fine. Um, There was it's 2021. Yeah. Yeah. 2021. No. Wait. Wait. So then 2022. 2022. Yes. 2020. You were just the last season before yes. this last season. Good Lord. And there's been like six seasons since my season. So it just feels Truly. like it was 82 years ago. Did you enjoy your time on Drag Race or did you find it like hard and grueling? Both. It was like some of the most severe like highs and lows of my entire life. They kind of put you through the blender there. I'm sure you've had like a lot of girls on that have like talked about like the trials and tribulations um, and intense emotions. But like there's not really a word to way to like really put into words how fucking traumatic that experience is. But mm -hmm. It's also like some of the coolest and like biggest moments of your entire life all packaged into one little fun summer camp <laughs> that will be watched by millions of people a year later. And they will tell you that you are ugly and should go die for wearing the same outfit twice. It is very interesting that fans of anything, people who consume anything are like, you suck. You are nasty. And it's like, did you not think I tried? Like, nobody does that to you when you try. Right. I'm just like, at what level of, like, public, like, consuming do we, like, stop being like, oh, that's a person that's putting their best foot forward and actively trying to do a good job. We should make sure that they want to kill themselves. Like, at what <laughs> point do we, like, just the flip switch that we just, like, I need them to know that I hate them. At what point do we get to that? It's so truly wild. I have never once been like, I don't, I, I mean, I have watched things and gone, I don't like it, but I've never been like, and I need to let them know. Let me find where they are. Let me ask them and let me tell them exactly how the fuck I feel. It's so wild. Even like before, like I would be like, yeah, I didn't like that. I wouldn't even put it into writing. I might no. talk to a friend about it, but like there will be think pieces put out about like individual people on a reality TV show and like full character assassination <laughs> studies. I'm like, what the fuck? It's wild. I try with judging on the show and then sometimes I'll do my friend Mono Agapian's podcast, drag her. I always try if I don't like something to be like, it wasn't for me. I understand that it could be for somebody else, but for me, I did not love and try to give, like, constructive criticism or, like, just be like, whatever. But, like, sometimes people are just like, I really want to hurt your feelings. And they do. And they're really good at it. And I'll never fucking understand that. It's so weird. I, I don't have much time for it. Um, but at the same time, I, I think it is worth what we get out of it. But it is such a weird and intense price to pay. Yeah, especially for girls that have, like, more of like a, a villainous edit or like a less like pleasant edit but like i feel like the word villain has completely lost any sort of meaning like villain or somebody who disagreed with somebody else and then wasn't nice about it how <laughs> dare she <laughs> whenever i hear villain i go oh good television can i tell you who is the best television of all time right now and who? i'm so obsessed with 
Are you watching the new season? Alexis Michelle? Alexis fucking Michelle. Alexis Michelle is the... I, oh my God, I am riding so hard for Alexis Michelle right now. Her brain is huge. It's so big. Can, can, okay, here is my Alexis Michelle. So this when this <laughs> podcast plays, things will have happened, and I'm sure uh-huh. she will be even worse than what we're currently talking about. <laughs> and I can't wait. But what has just happened for us is she, unprompted on stage, is just like, I just want to say that I am so sorry for going along with this shit idea (laughs) that was absolutely not mine, but I am going to be taking responsibility for the fact that this is not my fault. And I'm like, you are incredible beyond every season. You are perfect. Don't ever fucking change. In Untucked, the first Untucked where, spoiler, Monica Beverly Hills goes home first, where Monica is crying about the fact that she's probably going to go home. And then Alexis Michelle starts crying and goes, I just didn't know how you girls were going to um, uh, accept me. And it turns out that you did. I was like, we have to have her on every season. This is iconic behavior. Ah, uh, she deserves a fucking Pulitzer. Like, uh, this woman is doing all of the heavy lifting upon her shoulders. I I am a leftist uh, stan till the day I die now. Same. I am so happy. Same. So happy. Love her. Also, people thought Mistress was a bully. Mistress was fun. Mistress was fun. And honestly, I met Mistress in real life, and two of my friends are very close friends of Mitra's. And from what I've heard, that was her being nice. That was her on her best behavior the entire season. But like... <laughs> oh, that brings me joy. I'm obsessed with her. She rocks. She is um somebody of just like unbridled evil. Like it just like courses through her. And I find that so entertaining and lovely. And then she's also just like a killer drag queen. Like, it's the yes. perfect package. It's the perfect package. I love her so much. Oh, drag is just so fun. Drag is so fun. And I, I I think we do need to honor, like, the actual things that happen in the drag world outside of television. And there is always a spot on cast for somebody who is just chaotically evil. It's usually <laughs> usually reserved for a beautiful trans woman. Um, just to, And, like, she's allowed the room. To just play mental warfare with every other girl in the room. And I think that needs to be represented on television. And by that, I mean we need to have Gia Gunn in the workroom for every episode. Gia Gunn is so funny. I adore her. I'm obsessed with her. She comes in guns a-blazing and literally, truly, simply doesn't give a shit about anybody. And will say anything. Oh, there's room for everybody. I love her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you both have the same fucked up nose. <laughs> oh, my God. Incredible. Oh, perfect, Incredible. Perfect, yeah, Jim Beck for president, for sure. Oh, I love it. Bosco, I have to ask you. Please do. Do you have any advice for me, a single woman, or other single people out there? On how to gather someone to love them? I feel like I'm speaking from place of intense privilege. Because as we've talked about, I did no work and it was handed to me. <laughs> but I have found that I've never had anything fruitful come from like the dating apps or like actively seeking things out or actively like. I'm on a hunt to find myself a partner. Like, the two main relationships that I've been in that have been successful were just, like, things that happen by being surrounded by people who love what I do and do, and, like, can appreciate who I am. And I I, I just, for me, what, and, like, I, I was definitely a late bloomer. I found like my best relationships just by living my life as fully as I could. And that attracted people to me. So be yourself, believe in yourself. If you can dream it, you can achieve it. Women are possible of anything they set their minds to. This I love. Okay. Okay. Here's another question. You worked at a barista at Broadcast Coffee Roasters. 
Did you ever? <laughs> what, 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 is, what is your what is your assistant's name? Lindsay. Lindsay is outside my front door right now, listening in. She is doing on the ground interviews with my neighbors. She dug up my dead childhood dog to check the name tag. You already knew where my name Bosco came from. Lindsay needs to be stopped. Lindsay is a madman, and I'm ha- I'm putting out a warrant. There's going to be a restraining order against your powerful. ass, Lindsay. <laughs> I'm so scared right now. Did you ever, like, flirt with customers and maybe go on a date with one? I did have, um, we, the, in the in the barista world, everybody kind of has their customers, where, like, oh. that person will come up. And usually, like, with a barista situation, especially, like, um, in, like, more, like, smaller cafes where, like, you're, like, more cafe cafe, like, Brooklyn cafe or Seattle cafe, San Francisco cafe situation there's only like three to four people that are working at any given time so like everybody knows kind of everything about the other people you're working with so you usually know each other's customers and then we would have like a code where it'd be like hey can i borrow a pen and that meant that i want to slip onto cash register so i can talk to my customer situation i never like went out with anybody but i had like a greatest hits of like four dudes that I would go out of my way to just chat with. I don't care if the line was out the door. We will be having a conversation <laughs> with these men. Yeah. And they always looked like really tired, worn out metalheads. And I love that for me. I love that too. It's like, you gotta have a type. Is that what your current boyfriend looks like? Like a tired, worn out metalhead? Absolutely not. Um, I had a type for a very long time. That was like my greatest hit. And then my boyfriend stuck in and completely deviated. My boyfriend is kind of a cowboy-esque dude. He has a horse. (gasps) Oh, a horse. Uh-huh. And he was like... I knew this. It's on the research. Yeah, Lindsay's just like, (laughs) and their names were Ted and Fred, weren't they? Weren't they? Yeah, we talked to Ted yesterday, actually. And he says, you're a bad horse mom. I don't know the horse's name. But I know that your boyfriend and his horse live in Seattle, which makes you not want to leave. But other cities you can see yourself are San Francisco or Chicago, but not L.A. or New York City. <laughs> Where are you calling this up? <laughs> Does she do this for everyone? Are you yep. doing background security checks on all of your guests? She truly... I asked for... Um, I just call them one pagers, but sometimes they're two, three pages. And she gives me so much information. She's great. I'm so scared. I'm so <laughs> scared. Do you want to know what else I, I know? Yeah, please give me it. Like, what is this one she? What's the what's my fucking rap at this point? Okay. Some of your celebrity crushes include Paul Hollywood from the Great British Bake Off. That is factual, and I will Yes. <laughs> and Matt Berry from what we do in the shadows. That is very true. That is very true. And I stand by <laughs> both of those things. Do you know who Matt Barry is? I do. He's very, very adorable. I'm obsessed with him. So funny. If you make me laugh, you are like so good. You are so good. You are so good in my book. Um, I do love humor. I do love humor. And then I do kind of love um, pudgy boys with a cute face. That's usually like mm-hmm. my go-to. Is that what your boyfriend looks like? It is now. Investment. (laughs) (laughs) You worked hard for it. Wait, what's that horse's name? His name is Ted. That's a great name for a horse. Isn't it? Isn't it? I love animals with like just normal human names. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, this is my cat, Susan. Yeah. it, it, It tickles me pink. This is my rabbit, Carl. Like, it's so funny to me. <laughs> George! <laughs> Come on, George! <laughs> yeah, Ted the horse, he um, is a gorgeous, very, um, very sweet horse. He doesn't live in Seattle, Seattle. He lives um, in essentially like a horse farm, like 45 minutes away. So does he like, okay, I'm not a horse girl, nor have I really interacted with a lot of horses. So he, Ted lives with other horses at a horse farm. And then hangs out with, like, someone takes care of him during the day, and then you guys go visit Ted? Basically, um, it's a little bit more intensive on Blake, my part, my boyfriend's um, part. Because, like, Blake goes out almost every single day to, like, 
exercise Ted and brush Ted and ride Ted and like takes care of him like health wise stuff. Um, but he does what's called boarding his horse where like they have him set up in like a pasture and they feed him at night and make sure that like he's doing good while Blake's not there. Cause Blake used to live out in the country. And during that time he had Ted to himself. Ted lived with Blake, but Blake got a job in, um, medicine here in Seattle. So he had to move into town and Seattle does not have a lot of room for horses. I would imagine not. It's the big city. There's a space needle. Exactly. It's huge. Well, Bosco, we've neared the end. Um, We are at the end. Do you? Oh, wait. No. I usually ask everybody this. I'm bad. I've missed it like three or four times. But would you date me? Ah, I'm currently taken. So no. All right. It's all right. Would you date me? Absolutely. I think you're adorable and fun and nice. Oh my god. Well now I'm a fucking douchebag, aren't I? That sucks. Yeah, made you feel bad. Well, I kind of ruined it. Yeah, yeah, you sure did. You sure did. <laughs> is is there anything that you want to promote? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um when this comes out, I believe I will be on the road for Work the World, which will be coming to a city near you. And then I hope I'm allowed to talk about this by that point, but I'll be joining the Vegas show um at Congrats. the end of July. So oh. if you want to come to Dave and Buster's The City, come to Vegas and you can come see me at my show. Um, also, what are your socials that people can follow you on? You can follow me at Here is Bosco for all the social medias. Um, I don't really use my TikTok unless somebody is paying me to use it. So <laughs> Twitter and Instagram mainly. I love it. And if you loved this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can like it, you can rate it, you can subscribe on iTunes or whatever, or Spotify. I don't know, but if you write me something nasty hitting on me, I am running low on these. So please email them to why won't you date me podcast at gmail.com. Marissa Mars, my producer, reads them. So no dick pics or pussy pics or butthole pics. But if you would like to send a picture of your finger, you can. This person said, Hello, Nicole. If we were together, I would take you to my home of the Scottish Islands, where I would allow us to saunter around the hills naked. I will watch as I see your tits fly and the farmers watch on in envy as I'm the only one they desire, only for you to shadow it. After I take you into a, a bothy, a traditional home, where I would whisper Gaelic, oh, Gaelic, in your ears <laughs> <laughs> while feeding you black pudding and haggis, which I consider a local delicacy if it weren't for your pussy, <laughs> and then after us rolling around in the heather fields, I would sniff the island delicacies off of you before treating you to the night of your life, followed by an abundance of whiskey and pussy squirt mixed together in a cocktail. Then we will watch the northern lights as you delete Duolingo off your phone <laughs> as you discover the Scottish dialect is all you need. And then they wrote something, I think, in the Scottish dialect. Salante Matha Agreet. I don't know how to say that. Oh, my God. Okay, so Isn't I guess the question, <laughs> would you date them? How does that sound? Honestly, I would at least go to the Scottish Islands and see if things worked out. I would like, I, I, Lauren Shaney has such a hot voice to me. I love a Scottish voice. Absolutely. That was a bad Scottish accent, but you know. It's kind of tricky to actually, for sure, for sure. Um, Yeah, it is a really, really hot accent. Yeah, I would so go. I could see it. Yeah, why not? Why not? Let's get into it. Thank you, Bosco. Course, Nicole, thank you for having me. Okay, bye bye. Okay, bye. Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer is produced by me, Mars. It's executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, with talent bookings by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Maddie Auden. Got a question, crazy dating story, or a dirty message for Nicole? Write it to why won't you date me podcast at gmail.com for a chance to have it featured on a future episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye-bye. This has been a Team Coco production. 
NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 